Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by Castro Edge. DJ Bucky back with you. Buck, what's the word, man? Everything is good, man. Like, just getting really excited, DJ. Uh, The Senior Bowl is a week away, and I know it is crazy because, in a way, my body clock is all off because this has been an unusual football season where we haven't had the normal milestones or moments that would kind of signify, like, okay, Here's bowl season. Here's this. Here's that. I need to get these reports and get this ready. And it's kind of been a blur, like in a weird way. And so I feel like I'm playing catch up, getting ready for next week. But the senior bowl is upon us. And once that goes, man, it is all it's all draft talk, all draft talk all the time. Yeah, we're such like creatures of habit, right? And we do kind of these routines and it's just, you know, at this time of year, you're supposed to be physically located here and you're supposed to be doing this. So for you know 10 years since I went over this media thing, it's always at the East West. I'm grinding on my top 50, mm-hmm. right? I'm mm-hmm. finishing a mock draft, which I just finished one. Uh, the first one, I think it's going to post on Friday. Um, but so you finish that and then I'm trying to finish up guys. I need to watch for my top 50 this and I'm writing my top 50, you know, little mini reports that I do on those guys. And mm-hmm. I'm always doing that in the hotel in Tampa 
as um, as we're going to practices there and watching that. And so I just feel totally out of sorts right now to be doing this stuff at home. It feels weird. DJ, it's super weird because it's funny because you always talk about it because one of the things that our, I miss is like at this East West, like that's when we would connect. We would always go after the last practice, go get something to eat. And then, yep. yeah, it's lockdown. It's in the room trying to hammer out reports and lists. And you're talking about your top 50. I'm working on my top fives and mm-hmm. trying to get all that stuff together. And it's different. This year is unlike any other year when it comes to it. And so you would always go from East-West game, where we would call it, and then go from there over to Mobile and be there all week. And really, that's kind of like the first time that you – well, the two weeks are the first time that you catch it with all the scouts yeah. there in attendance. And now, without the combine, I don't know when we have the 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 good old evaluator convention. I don't know if it exists <laughs> this year where we kind of catch up and get all of those things sorted because – You know, like people will hear about the general manager changes and those things, and it won't be necessarily a mass exodus from personnel departments, but there will be some changes and you're trying to catch up with people and do numbers change and all that other stuff. So just a weird time right now. Yeah, it is weird, man. Uh, But we do have a good episode today. We're going to touch on these uh, championship games, what we're looking for in those. Uh, I want to talk about uh, some of these uh, draft kids that we've been working on, what we've seen lately. You've been working on those top five lists. Um, I'm working on top 50. So just stuff that stood out to us uh, recently from what we've seen. Um, And then we can uh, start things off here with some of the news that we have around the league. We've got the Jags. Uh, They go ahead and hire Trent Baalke. He's going to team up with Urban Meyer there. Um, But the one I wanted to hit you up on was was Dan Campbell going from the Saints to the Lions. Your thoughts on that one? So here's an an interesting thought in in Dan Campbell. Um, I heard like there was a lot of conversation, obviously, uh, the last go around when Bob Quid was in the building, they hired Matt Patricia. But they also brought in Mike Vrabel, if I'm not mistaken. And there were a lot of people on the inside that really liked what Mike Vrabel presented. Um, not necessarily as a guy. I mean, he had been a coordinator for a year, but just his presence and how he carried himself or whatever. And I felt like that left a lasting impression on those who were doing the hiring this time around. And so in Dan Campbell, you get someone who's not a coordinator on either side of the ball, a guy who goes from being a position coach and associate head coach who has some interim head coaching experience, but the best qualities that he brings leader of men, Um, a grizzled guy, a communicator, a guy who has a a clear sense of direction when it comes to building a team. His experiences on the Bill Parcells, his experience with Sean Payton, kind of understanding how they go about it. And also, I I think it's important to remember, this is a guy who played in Detroit. He understands the organization. He understands what this organization and franchise means to this city. I think there's a lot to it. And so, It'll be interesting to see what this staff looks like that he puts together. But I think they wanted a guy who wasn't a a coordinator. They wanted a CEO type who also had a presence to be an unquestioned leader in that building. All right. I want to ask you a two part question here. Um, If you're Detroit, is this a is this a a retooling or is this a rebuild? So that's the first one. The second one is. What would you accept if you're Detroit, Matt Stafford's 32 years old, and I'm going to give you two teams just just as I'm looking at this here. I'm going to give you the Denver Broncos, um, who picked they picked ninth. Um, I'm going to give you the Indianapolis Colts, who picked 21. So, do you think this is a we can just add a couple pieces around Matt Stafford, and we're going to miraculously go from a five win team to an 11 win team? So we're going to flip our record. It's going to be a miracle, or 
is this a we start fresh? It's you know we have Matthew Stafford's to us tremendous value, uh, especially when you think about those two teams. I mean, I, I just imagine what that Denver offense would look like with Matt Stafford, and then I imagine what the Colts offense would look like Matthew Stafford. I got to believe that even he's thirty two. That's you're feeling like you're going to get four or five pretty elite years here if you're those teams. I would think the asking price would be pretty dang high. I would think so. I think if you're the Lions, one, I think if you're Brad Holmes and you come in, um, man, what what what, what can we go? I won't call it a rebuild. I won't call it a retool. I call it a rehab. It's a rehab. You watch all those shows. <laughs> Windy City Rehab is one of my favorites, actually. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rehab. So it is. It is a mix in between. It is. We need to fix it up. We need more than just a paint job and carpet. Like we have to go in. We may need to fix the kitchen. We may need to kind of upgrade the bathrooms. But we like some of the structure that's in place because, as you talked about Matthew Stafford, you certainly like the fact that he's 32 years old. He still can play at a high level. He has played for a number of head coaches and a number of offensive coordinators. But I would like to think that maybe if we put the right play caller around him, he can elevate whatever we have. We do need to upgrade the talent around him um, and make sure that he has that. The defense, in my mind, needs a lot of work because you don't have any pass rush. You don't have anything. Um, I would entertain possibly swapping him out if I could get a top 10 pick and the quarterback. But I think the Lions are more inclined to keep him because I think the thing that would crush the Lions is if they trade him away and he goes to the Indianapolis Colts or even the Denver Broncos and those teams have success, everyone in Detroit is going to look around like, what are we doing? Yeah. We had a guy that is already ready-made. I think it's a really tough situation to be in because you have a quarterback that's been to 10, 11 years, and you haven't really won anything major with him. Not a lot to show for it. Right. But you appreciate the talent because when you walk in there, you're like, man, this dude is super talented. Mm-hmm. What do we do? I think it's a very, very tough situation. But I think because Dan Campbell comes from where he comes from in his experience, I think he probably leans more towards like, no, 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 no. Let's not – do the new thing with a young quarterback. Let's see if we can get the old quarterback up and going. And with a six-year contract, DJ, I think you can play that game for like a year or two before you have to flip it. Yeah. It, it's interesting. It's an interesting dilemma there. Um, we just – how many times have we seen it? New general manager, new head coach, new quarterback. There you go. You got to get it right, though. I know. But, I mean, and we'll get into these uh, college kids in a minute. Four really, really good quarterbacks that Excellent. are really exciting, man. Exciting Excellent. players. And I think it's going to be fun. I'm a, Well, shoot, we can just jump into it right now. Um, we'll, we'll get to these uh, championship games here in just a minute. But uh, I went back and gone through and, and watched more on Lawrence uh, Fields and Wilson. I'm going to do, after we finish up today mm-hmm. on the pod, I've got to go back and watch some more of Trey Lance. I'm just refreshing myself on these guys. Yeah. Watching the late season stuff for the guys that played this year and then go back and watch a little bit more on Trey Lance. But, you know, it's funny. I, I uh, Have you seen the movie Jumanji? Like the, yeah. new, the new Jumanjis? So they have in there uh, like the, the little card that des- describes their avatar, right? And it says these are their strengths and then here's their like kind of kryptonite, right? <laughs> so none of these guys are perfect. There is no such thing as a perfect player. You know, there's one little thing you can nitpick them on. But I think when you look at them on the whole um, – Man, there's so much you can do with these guys. When you look at Trevor Lawrence, we, you know, everybody knows what he can do. You know, the the negative on Trevor Lawrence, I guess you say he can be a little bit long at times. Um, that offense can get a little bit kind of screen happy, bubble screen happy. But I can you can put that aside because of the the throws, the athleticism, the toughness. 
the intangibles you hear all that stuff off the charts so then you know i go back and rewatch more zach wilson and buck it's just some guys are just effortless i mean i i Mm -hmm. have the soundtrack of kind of like easy like sunday morning like when you're watching him i feel like it's he just got done having a little turkey on (laughs) he went in the backyard but instead of a nerf turbo like this he's actually making these throws with like a regular football um it's just so effortless and smooth but when you think about his issue um you talk about the fact is i was told that he started the year at like 205 206 he ended up in the middle of the year was up to 211 but the hope there is he's going to carry you know 215 he's not going to be a 230 pound guy like he so there's a little bit of the frame there and then you have the fact he's had he's already had reconstructive shoulder surgery on his on his right shoulder because I was went on a little mm. bit of a over the last couple of days to find out why the huge jump right remember last year with Burrow yes have those conversations why the huge leap for Burrow from one year to the next and we talked about the new offense and how it really featured his uh, his ability to quickly work through progressions get more guys out in the route all that stuff so I'm on a quest to find out how Wilson made this meteoric rise. And a lot of it that I got back was, look, he wasn't he wasn't healthy in 2019. He had reconstructive shoulder surgery. So when you watch him in, in 18 as a really young kid, they like all, all the guys who went through there said you, we identified him as like, this is a dude like this guy has big time tools. I think in the bowl game that year, go back and look it up. I think he was like 18 for 18. Like he was, you yeah. know, he was definitely on the rise. So as a shoulder uh, reconstruction. In 2019, he just he could he didn't have all of his tools. You know, it was kind mm-hmm. of frustrating for him. The offense was a little bit run heavy, so that's kind of the reason why you get what you get. Now he comes back fully healthy this year, and I said I actually told one of the scouts I said if he had reconstructive shoulder surgery, maybe he's RoboCop now because it <laughs> like it's just like there's it's a serious arm talent this dude has. Whatever whoever that surgeon is, tip of the cap, uh, nicely done. Um, but that's kind of the so that's kind of the concern with him is just you know durability. Can he physically hold up at his size? But man, he is talented. I mean, crazy talented. And then you go back and watch Justin Fields and Buck. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna put together an XO from the Indiana game, right? So the Indiana game, I think he has three picks in that game, and you can you can focus on those three interceptions, and you can say, oh, okay, he's late. he doesn't read the safety. He's late, and then you say it's a little bit of hero ball trying to do too much, and you, you try and tear him down, right? Mm-hmm. But the old adage is, tell me what he can do. Don't tell me what he can't do. You, I can pull out five throws or five plays in that game. You jaw hit the floor, man, because you'll be like, oh, man, like far hash throws. I posted one of them, just big-time, big-time throws. One, he uh, he gets pressure, shrugs off a sack, just 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 pure strength, takes off and almost scores. Another one. He's got a clean run through. He just outruns the guy to the corner and runs it in. So I can see, I can see, you know, holding the ball, taking too many sacks, forcing some throws, locking on. Like I can do that. But when you see what this guy can do, you mm-hmm. can get fired up about all that stuff, man. You know, DJ, so it's interesting. So let's just take these last two guys because I think we've talked yep. about Trevor Lawrence a lot. And we'll go back like later um, down the line and have like the full deep dive in Trevor Lawrence. I think the conversation between Zach Wilson and Justin Fields is the most fascinating conversation that you have to have in the draft. And I don't know where I got this from, but I heard someone talk about this and they said, there's a difference between talent and skills. And as an evaluator, you have to be able to separate 
the talent from the skills. And when I look at both of these guys, and so I, I think is this, like talent is just a natural raw ability, the raw combination of arm ability, athleticism, um, movement skills, all of that other stuff. Skills are playing the position, going through progressions, reads, seeing it, doing it, playing the position. Like that is a developed thing. When I look at Zach Wilson, I would say that Zach Wilson is a combination of both, but I see him as a more skilled player when I look at the two. Like he plays Steph Curry, the way you're talking. I have a visual of Steph Curry in my mind. Yeah, like he plays it. He he plays the position the way that you kind of want to teach it, but he also has the extra stuff because I don't want to make him out like, oh, this is just a system guy. He's a mechanical guy. It's he's not a work. robot. No, he's not that, but he's very skilled. Like he plays it, A, one is taken, I'm going to two, two's not there. Oh, wait, here's my check down. Justin Fields is a talent. No. I believe he certainly has skills, but his talent is what wows you. And so if we're thinking about, separating guys into categories. And I'm not saying that these are the comparables, but when we watched Josh Allen, we evaluated Josh Allen on his talent, not his skills. When we evaluated Baker Mayfield, the impression was the skills more so than the talent. And so I think with these guys is trying to figure out like, well, what do I want? Do I want the skill player with the talent or do I want to gamble on the talented player who, if maybe taught right, who knows what that ceiling can be? I, I When people say, oh, well, you know, like, because you see mock drafts, and I'm not a mock draft like fan, but like when you see guys, these quarterbacks that we mentioned, like, oh, they're going to be there 15. I will stand on the table oh, right now and say, there is no way that these four quarterbacks get outside of the top 10. Minus a failed physical. <laughs> no way, because all these guys have talent. And we'll talk about Trey Lance next, but. These guys are talented. And now it's about getting in the room and tapping into your imagination, your creativity, assessing what you have. And, okay, if we take this player, what do we have to do to get all of that out of him? And how quickly can we do this in a two or three year period? You know, I think that's really what it comes down to. So, so, you know, when you go to – You've gone to Super Bowl, right, Buck? You've mm-hmm. been to Super Bowl. You've played in one, or you've been on a team that went to one mm-hmm. for sure. But, I mean, just going as a, on this side of things. Yes. You know how you get – the security's crazy if you haven't been. Yeah. Security's crazy. So, you have, like, different layers. Like, you get into one security area, you kind of pass that test, then you got to get to the next one, and then you get through, and then finally get in the stadium. I feel like with the quarterback evaluation process, if you're picking in the top ten, the first thing is, okay – is this a top 10 talent? Is this yes. a top 10 player? I think all four of these guys have got past that rope. They have yes. all moved into that phase. So now it becomes, okay, we know the physical tools are there for these guys. Let's get to know them. Let's get to know personality. Let's go to go, you know, football intelligence. Let's let's put some tape on. Let's get a feel for them. Let's get the background stuff. Like the, the playing, the stuff that we do on our side of things, watching the video and seeing can mm-hmm. these guys are all top 10 picks. Uh, based off the ability. Now, in terms of how they stack, it's going to be, I think, what happens from here going forward. Absolutely. And so, like, here's the thing that we've also learned. And I would say the the learning lessons continue to come from us. Like, going all the way back to the Pat Mahomes thing, when we sat down and we brought Pat Mahomes in, our evaluation off the tape was one thing. 
But after we met him, it was something else. And I am really sticking to this when it comes to it. The quarterback, more so than any other position, the quarterback that I take, he has to absolutely love it. Like this has to be the number one priority where if I took this away from him, he wouldn't know how to necessarily exist. Like, yeah. like in, in literal, not in literal terms, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking. but like if I took this away, he's going to do everything that he can to get back on the field and play because his love of the game is that much. I'm not going to have to urge him and beg him. Hey, I, I need you in the building by at least eight o'clock. <laughs> like, by at least eight o'clock, it would be nice to have you here like 730, but eight o'clock is no, like they're the first one in when I pull up with the keys to open up the door, they're in the parking lot waiting to get in, you know, like that's the kind of guy that, that I need to see. And then the work ethic in terms of not with us, but even in the off season, um, I hate to continue to bring up Josh Allen, but in talking with Jordan Palmer, one, having him come on the show, but just the work that Josh Allen has done in the offseason to make himself a better player, to yeah. really pour in and invest in himself. Need these guys to be able to do that. And then the last thing is, you know, you talked about the talent and the personality or whatever. Like, I think the IQ and the adaptability is really a big part of it. Like, the character is one thing, but how adaptable – how much football have they been exposed to? How quickly can they take different concepts and systems and understand it? And not only understand it, but then begin to close in on mastery of those things. So, hey, we put you here. We bring you back. Here are the five things that we want you to learn. When you come in for this visit, okay, how well do you understand it? Okay, so then you go apart. Let's go to your pro day in three weeks. We're going to give you some more, add a couple more wrinkles. Do you now understand what we previously gave you? and the new stuff. Can we begin to see you begin to put the building blocks on an installation of an offense? That, to me, I think that's, that's really, really big because I kind of want to know what the ceiling is when it comes to your learning capacity. Yeah, and that leads us to Trey Lance. And we visited with him. And like you said with Pat Mahomes, who Pat Mahomes, the intelligence was – jumped all out to us when he visited Trey Lance. I got, I mean, they're different players. They're different styles of players, but with Trey, I definitely got that. This dude is football bright. I mean, he is, well, first of all, he's just regular bright. He's a smart dude overall. But when we start talking football um, he, for a guy who's really young, who does not have a lot of experience, um, he can explain everything that's going on uh, in that offense, which is a, which is a pro style in terms of all that's put on the quarterback there at North Dakota state. Um, again, I know that the, the knock is going to be the limited amount of snaps and the lower level of competition, but all the, the skills to get you past that first rope done, check that box. And then from just our visit with him, you know, it's one visit. I, I thought this guy was authentic. I thought he was highly intelligent and I thought football wise, he's going to win. He's going to win a lot of people over from this point to the end of the process. And so here's what we always have to remind people of um, when we do this, right? Because it's easy to kind of fall in love with the things that we just saw last. Like we saw Justin Fields play last. We saw Lawrence and we've seen Zach Wilson play this year. We didn't get a really chance to see Trey Lance. But if we go back and we remember what it looked like prior to the college season kind of being postponed or canceled, Trey Lance was a guy that we were talking about like, hey, 
be careful handing all the roses to these other guys like yeah. Trey Lance from North Dakota State. He is going to be in that conversation. He didn't get a chance to play his way in. So what I would challenge anybody, particularly those who listen to us, go back and look at last year. Go back and look at 2019. Go back and look at those games or whatever. And then when you begin to question, oh, I don't know his level of competition or whatever. Let's just look at some of the quarterbacks that are starters in this league. All of these guys didn't play at big schools. Jimmy Garoppolo played at Eastern Illinois. Like Josh, Allen. Josh Allen played at Wyoming. So let's just be mindful of when we're grading the tape, take some of the other guys off the field. Let's assess the talent first, yep. skill second. Then we can look at the competition and wonder, if we plop Trey Lance into Ohio State, what would that look like? If we dropped him at BYU or Clemson, what would that look like? But remember, look at the talent, look at the skills, then worry about the competition. Don't give the competition too much weight because I think we can make mistakes when we do that. Yeah, and, and for those wondering what Trey Lance has been up to, he only played one game this year. He's been he's been working with Quincy Avery, a guy we, we both know well, uh, who's been uh, – Deshaun Watson has taken him, taken care of him and really developed him. Um, he's also been, you know, just doing different meetings. I was told they had like – I don't know if it was Paul Alexander or an offensive line coach who come in and, and go over mm-hmm. protections. I mean, he's he's been taking a master class, kind of a, getting a graduate degree, I guess you could say, in football. That's all he's been doing from, from – uh, uh, from the time he had his one game season to now, he's been you know working physically and then uh, and then staying mentally ready and learning as he goes. So um, he's it's going to be fun, man. Like it again, we'll have plenty of time um, going towards the draft to talk about these four guys, and then after that, I mean, I just watched Mac Jones the other day, who's an interesting one. Um, you know, I the challenge with him is again, you, you've got all this support staff, you got all this stuff around him. So I had somebody ask me the other day. Well, what's the difference between him and Joe Burrow? Like Joe Burrow had all that talent around him. He went off. Tua had all that talent around him. He went off. So why isn't Mac Jones being talked about like that? When you look at the numbers, he stacks up with those guys with with what he accomplished. And I would say after studying it, while I think Mac Jones is an excellent decision maker, I think he's got outstanding touch. Like he's a 35 to 40 yard touch guy. Like he makes those throws. They're outstanding. Uh, Arm strength is is, – Good, not great. I think it's the the fair discussion there with him and Joe Burrow. I would say arm strength wise, probably similar to Joe Burrow there. I don't think there's much difference. Um, the difference is there's just so much more twitch with those other two guys in their lower half uh, to be able to escape, to be able to create, especially with Joe Burrow. Like Joe Burrow, he can mm-hmm. extend plays. He's got some creativity to him. He's just got more fast twitch fibers in his body than Mac Jones does. Mac's more of kind of a monotone guy. Um, but in the right system, I mean, you think about uh, what Jared Goff, you know, for whatever his warts are, what he's been able to be, I think Mac Jones could, you know, could be the same type of a guy. And it's crazy because I'm talking about, you know, he's the number one overall pick. I don't, I think in, in hindsight, as we look back at that, we would say Jared Goff wasn't a number one overall talent, you know, to go mm-hmm. back to what we were saying earlier. But I, the way the game is going, Buck, away from that type of a player, it's just – it'd be hard for me if I was going to take a quarterback and reset my clock and I'm going to hitch my wagon to somebody. Man, I think I'd want a more of a new school, more athletic dude. I just – that's me. Okay, just – I mean, just using that as a, as a, as a reference, a, a starting point, Jerry Goff. Um, we're saying – and I'm writing about 
this thing now, like Sean McVay kind of silently blaming Jerry Goff for the offensive woes of the Rams. And I'm looking at Jerry Goff, and I would say I feel like Jerry Goff has a little more talent than Mac Jones. But in the order that we talked about, talent, skills, then other stuff, Mac Jones isn't a top 10 talent. No. Like he doesn't have he doesn't have the stuff where if we were just playing horse, he can't compete with Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. I mean, and I, I mean take top 10 out of it. I mean, I, I just couldn't get to the front. Yeah, like I know. I know. Like, like DJ. So, so like the talent part of it matters because we're in the talent evaluating business. So the first thing is the talent. So we say, okay, let's say he's a B-level talent. Then it's the skills, and we can talk about decision making and processing. But because he doesn't have the athleticism, it now puts an even greater pressure on the deci- the team builder to make sure that everything is perfect. Got to have the offensive line. Got to have all the weapons on the outside. Got to have the running back. At some point, man, that is, it's hard to ensure that everything is going to be right. And some of the stuff that we're seeing, the frustration that Sean McVay has in Jerry Goff is due to these things that we're talking about. So when you sign on to it, you also are signing on to I don't have a quarterback who can make me right if I'm wrong as a play caller. So if I had my druthers, I would rather have someone that can erase some of my mistakes as a play caller, play designer, than someone who everything has to be read off the teleprompter. Mm -hmm. Hard. It's hard. It's hard to do. You're dependent. You're 100% dependent on everything from the call to the the people around you. Um, You know, look, he's – the one thing I would say about him and doing some some calls and some homework on him, like the the preparation, the eat, drink and sleep it off the charts like he's he checks all that stuff. So he's going to be impressive when he gets in the room and he's going to be impressive in terms of um, this guy's going to be prepared. Uh, no doubt. I, and you can look at some of those teams that are quarterback needy teams with with veteran guys picking in the later portion of the first round who have good teams. But I just I couldn't do it, man. I don't I don't think I could pull the trigger right there. I got a team for him. I got a team for him. Got? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go ahead and sign up and say that this is where he could end up. Uh, the Washington football team. I okay. believe like he is probably like someone that will draw serious interest from them. A couple of reasons. One, they have a, an affinity and a fascination with Alabama players. Look at the number of Alabama players that they've drafted. When you think about this offense and the prepared nature of it, I think um, – Tyler Heinke says a lot in terms of what he was able to do for them. He's more athletic, obviously, than Mac Jones. But the cerebral part, like listening to Ron Rivera talk, knowing how Scott Turner thinks about the position, Mac Jones' ability to be able to spit all the stuff off the blackboard and understand all of the information is certainly going to help him. I think because the Washington football team, in my mind, I don't think they can get up to get one of the, what I would call the crown jewels of the class. I think he could be sitting there and I think it could be the conversation that they have. We need a quarterback. Is this a guy that we can take? Because as you talk about loving it, he lives it. He loves it. That might be enough to be kind of maybe the deciding factor in it. Yeah. I mean, they do have all those guys from Bama, but with Marty coming in there, you've got Marty and Rivera. So, I mean, it's kind of, you know, you'd know those guys better than anybody. So, I mean, I, I don't yeah, think, and, I don't think beholden to all the Alabama thing with these no, guys. I don't think beholden to the thing, but I think maybe the, the mental makeup, the work ethic, the other stuff, I think that Matt may have some sway. Unless we can find another athlete that has a comparable grade yeah. at the quarterback position, man, I don't know. I think, I think Mac Jones is going to have an opportunity 
somewhere in the bottom of the first round to convince people that he's a guy. I'm not saying that he's a first round talent, but we would say that most drafts only have 20 to 22 guys that are yeah. universally celebrated as first round. So need does factor in 100. Yeah. Um, well, that's fun, man. I love talking about these these draft guys. There's so many other storylines I'm looking forward to hitting with you. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of Devonte Smith. Uh, Jamar Chase uh, and and Jalen Waddle conversations. I think as we go through this process, it's going to be fun, man. Oh, I think it's going to be fun because I think it's fun. And now, when especially when you, it's funny like going back and looking at the comments and seeing Sarkeesian's comments about both of those guys and how originally during this season it was one A and one B in whatever order, and it sounded yeah. like Waddle was one A, and then Waddle goes. Waddle and- had better numbers than him when they were both healthy this year. And then Waddle disappears and then Devontae Smith comes in or whatever. And I think the thing that would be interesting to evaluate when we talk about those guys, how much credit do we also give the guy with the joystick? Because Steve Sarkeesian was in his bag creating opportunities for Devontae Smith, who is great. Devontae Smith is great. I don't want that to come off as, oh, he's just a guy. But Sarkeesian was in his bag now. He did some nice stuff to really create some opportunities. Yeah, no, that's going to be fun one to go through those guys. We'll uh, we'll get a chance to visit with on on those guys as we go forward. Um, we don't need to spend a ton of time on this, Buck. But when you look at these championship games, Bucks, Packers, Bills, Chiefs, I feel like we've talked about it a little bit already earlier in the mm-hmm. week. But uh, to me, Bucks, Packers, I think it's a line of scrimmage game, man. I think whoever wins the line of scrimmage in that one's going to win the football game. Yeah, I think, and I think this is the chance where the David Bakhtiari loss, yeah, could be a factor. Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaquille Barrett, those guys on the edges, um, and Dominican Sue on the inside. It's a different challenge for the Green Bay Packers. Um, I would also say this is where I'm writing about this, where the Packers, the, the trust the process philosophy that they've taken with their perimeter players, we will see if it works out now. Because these are the games where you need your stars to play like stars, and you need one or two guys to kind of step their game up. We saw last game, Alan Lazard, stepped his game up and made some plays, who is going to be the other guy? Not Aaron Jones, not Devontae Adams. Who's going to be the other guy that makes a handful of plays to be able to do it? Is it Marquez Bethlehem-Scantling? Is it Robert Tunyon? Lazard? Somebody else has to make a play because we've seen in these games, if we can eliminate number one, who's number two and number three that's going to step up and make those plays? One thing that I think you can eliminate, I know, look, Lambeau's going to be cold and the Packers at home are, yeah, they're a nightmare to right. try and defeat there. Mm-hmm. If you're going to tell me one team that would give two craps about playing in Lambeau Field and playing in cold, it'd probably be this team because it really Tom Brady's going to be intimidated going into environment. That ain't happening. And uh, it's, it's a team you beat the brakes off of earlier this year. So like the mystique, I think that that advantage that Green Bay's always, I don't think they have that advantage in this game. Not at all. And I would say this, having played in Green Bay, whatever, there is a mystique that is tied to it. And especially when the team has been good, there is that because you everyone has heard the stories about the Lombardi Packers. And when you pull up to Lambeau, when you walk in that stadium, like it's very much like it was back in the 60s. And there is something to it. The one thing that the Packers don't have for them, if this was a full home crowd, that yeah. stadium is loud. It is a loud stadium. It is very advantageous to the Packers. Um, I will dismiss what happened the first game because, like, that doesn't really play into it. I think the key to this game will be, obviously, it's always the turnovers, right? Turnovers always play a big part of it. But if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are able to play what I call keep-away ball, which Tom Brady is willing to do, he's willing to hand the ball off to Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette 
If they can run the football the way that they've run the football the last two games, that is when this game becomes problematic for the Packers. And in reverse, I would say if the Packers are able to run the ball like they have been able to run it in recent weeks, then it also becomes a game that is much easier for Aaron Rodgers to be able to win. Yeah, line of scrimmage game, uh, 100%. As we look over to Bills and Chiefs, you give the you give the Bills a shot in this one, Buck? What do you think? Yeah, I give, I give them a shot because they're tough. I give them a shot because they have, I would say, like tasted the Chiefs' power, and they've used a counterattack against them unsuccessfully. But, DJ, we we called that game on Amazon. Yeah, they were in it. And, and they were going up and down the field. But then we looked up, you're like, you know what's crazy? It feels like the Chiefs have dominated this game. Yeah. But it's a seven score. It's a seven point game. It is a one score game. I think they will maybe take a similar tactic, maybe switch it up a little bit, maybe pressure a little more. But I think it's still the same. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are like the Golden State Warriors. And when the Golden State Warriors were in their prime, the thing was run Steph Curry and Klay Thompson off the three point line, because if they hit threes, it's like oxygen and yep. the Kansas City Chiefs. Their explosive plays, their big plays, that fuels this offense. I am taking that away. And if I have to leave, live with them going up and down the field in between the 20s and hopefully we can get a stop or two in the red zone, I think that's the way that you have to defend them. I don't think you can be crazy aggressive because Pat Mahomes will hurt you. Now it changes if Chad Henney's the quarterback. But still, I think you have to keep the ball in front, make them earn the way down the field. Yeah, I agree with you. I think a lot of people have said, oh, they're going to play them differently this time. Last time didn't work. I'm like, well, actually, last time did work. They needed to score more points. The defense did their job, man. Being able to hold those threes, that was big. Yeah, and I think that's the problem with the Bills. The thing is, I'm not necessarily worried about their defense playing right. What is going to be the way that they play? Because it can't just be the Josh Allen show. Like, it can't be Josh Allen run it, Josh Allen throw it. I think it's a recipe for disaster. They have to find a way to balance it out where they have to get something in the running game besides Josh Allen scrambles and design quarterback runs. Whoever that is, uh, Singletary, uh, has, somebody has to give them something on the ground game. I think this is – I think to me if, if Buffalo wins this game, it is a Josh Allen superhero game. And that's not just him throwing it. That's Josh Allen having 70 yards rushing. You know, that's Josh Allen uh, getting some third and threes with his legs. Like, it's it's a lot on him in this game. He's going to have to be uh, what he's been a lot this year, which is kind of their their offense. Yeah, he's going to have to be a one-man show. And it is challenging to, to do that. An experienced player. And I will say this. Don't underestimate the championship game experience that the Kansas City Chiefs have had. Three straight years where they've been in this game, one and done from the Super Bowl. Um, you have to learn how to play in those games because the pressure is different. The ebbs and flows of championship games are significant. Like it's really an emotional roller coaster because they've kind of been there and done that and have kind of gotten some of the calluses. I think that could be an advantage in this game. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I like I like the Chiefs. I picked. The Bucks. I don't feel great about it, but I did pick the Bucks to win by three, and that might just be because I want to see Nabil squirm a little bit. I do. It could Maybe. be. I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna say the Packers because there's no way the Packers can lose, right? They're the number one seed. They get everything they play at home. There's no way that the Packers can lose. Like it's a guarantee that the Packers are written into the Super Bowl because it's the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. All this other stuff. So let's let's pencil the Packers in, and then I I think we get a rematch of what is it? 
Super Bowl one, Super Bowl two, Kansas City, Green Bay. Because I think Kansas yeah. City gets into the tournament. I think they get into the final round. Yeah, well, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, again, reminded of, uh, as Mark just brought up, Nabil's confidence when Wisconsin was playing Ohio State. <laughs> Wisconsin's winning this game. Yep, uh, that did not happen. Although I feel, I'll tell you this, I feel a heck of a lot better about Green Bay's chances than I did uh, about Wisconsin's chances against Ohio State in that Big Ten championship game. So there's that. Um, all right, that's going to do it for us. This was a fun one today. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here, Buck? No, nah, that's it, man. It's been a great, a great episode. I'm looking forward to this week, and I think it's going to be outstanding. All right. Thank you guys for hanging with us. We'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks presented by Castrol Edge. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings 
is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today.